the Dragonlance Nexus is proud to present the Dragonlance Canticle. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Dragonlance Canticle, a show about Dragonlance, a podcast about Dragonlance, and we are the number 113th most popular sci-fi fantasy podcast out there. That's right. We cracked the 114th mark. We're 113 now. I'm not just here alone tonight. My name is Chuck. I'll be your host, but I'm also joined by... Weldon Chen. And John Ryan. And tonight we'll be discussing... something kind of exciting happened. We're going to be discussing... Potentially, what could be in the new series of Dragonlance, and I will be optimistic when we get it—not if we get it, but when we get it. Am I am I too far out there by saying being an optimist? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I think this is the the time the Dragonlance needs some optimism in it. Because usually I'm a pessimist, so I mean, I, I feel like I'm really stepping into some different shoes tonight. Trampus couldn't be here, so I gotta be the, the positive guy. Well, and, what are your uh, thoughts on psionics? It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can only go so far in positivity before I have to tell the truth. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, I I am pessimistic. Uh, I, the only outs that I see out of the entire situation in current events is that they settle. And when they settle, then the options of maybe more Dragonlands may come out. But I don't have a very good feeling. I mean, if it took, you know, Margaret and Tracy to form a suit like this, it must have been pretty bad. I mean, it sounds like they could negotiate in any way. I don't know. I feel like, uh, from what we know, that if uh, if Wizards of the Coast doesn't want to embarrass themselves further and dig themselves into a deeper hole than they kind of already have this year, their best option is to just follow through with the contract and let the books be published as uh, as they're supposed to be. That's that's my op- optimistic approach. And it isn't one of the relief items. They want $10 million and, and for the original agreement to be followed. So I'm, I'm going to be optimistic based on that, but deep down, I'm with Weldon. <laughs> Places I, I can't if, go uh, to if, tonight. <laughs> I wonder if, they, if they'd be uh, open to the opportunity of instead of $10 million, if uh, they would just retain the rights to Dragonlance, if, if they would take that as part of the deal. Um, I know that's wild and stretching it pretty far, but uh, I think that would be probably the most beneficial to everybody um, and probably make the most people happy if that were to happen. I mean, the, the big thing takeaway right now is how much positive people are out there who want this. I mean, it's been a great message of all these people have come out of the woodwork in support of Dragonlance. I I haven't seen it this lot lively since 2010, and it wasn't lively back then because we were all sad. Yeah, let me do a quick search about um, Change.org and see how many signatures they've gotten so far. Um, I saw this morning that it reached um, over 3,000 people having signatures saying they want more Dragonlance and, you know, please do something about it, which I think has been pretty good. Um, I think in the past uh, we've had the same kind of, you know, the same kind of petitions before, but not at this rate, not within the first you know, week that the news broke. So I think it's been pretty, pretty interesting that it's caught people's attention. And, and, uh, and it's a social media Facebook thing, too. So, I mean, we don't have we're – not, we're, we're not publicizing it to hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, we're, we're hitting basically about 10,000 people, and 30% off the bat agree that Dragonlance needs to come back. I mean, there are still some folks who say, it's done. It's, I don't want it anymore. That's fine. M- move on. It's okay to move on with your life. 
But if you're on the Dragonlance Facebook pages, deep down inside you, there's parts of you that still want more Dragonlance because if you were totally done with it, like I am Game of Thrones, I don't bother checking up on George R. R. Martin's site to see what's happening with his book. I could care less anymore. But if you're on Dragonlance Facebook page, that means you still care and you still want something there. So Yeah, and if Margaret and Tracy wrote a new set of books, I'm pretty sure anyone who even said I don't care about Dragonlance anymore, they would still be they would still be going, huh, I'm 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 my interest is peaked again. What are they gonna I'm do? Pre- yeah. I'm already pre ordering. Mm. Yeah, pre. I I would you know I, in a heartbeat I'd be in. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, yeah. it wouldn't even be a second guess. And w- I mean, it'd be a question of how many copies am I getting because my children now steal my books. Wow. <laughs> 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 lesson lesson for you, Ed. Your children will steal your books. Yeah, you couldn't make it tonight, but I'll give you a parenting lesson. John has better ones though. Well, uh, didn't you set aside copies that, that would be your reading copy that you know would not be touched by any hands, including yourself, and your reading copy you can pass around to like your children knowing that they will take their crayons and write all over it? <laughs> See, my, my kids are old enough. We don't do the crayons thing anymore. They, they actually just read and, and they dog ear and tatter and it's like... I, yeah, I'm glad you love that book, but I only own one copy of it. <laughs> Wear gloves. <laughs> Put it on the for table. Gloves. I will turn the page for you. Wow. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going by a lesson that my dad always, um, you know, kids around with me. He had this book that was personally signed by one of the nuclear scientists for like the Manhattan Project or something. And he really, really idolized, you know, the nuclear you know, scientists, teens, and what they were doing to understand, you know, the physical world and math and all that stuff. And he had this signed book, and he tells me, reminds me every so often, you know, that when I was, you know, two, somehow I got my hands on the book, and I had written crayon all over certain pages. You know, weird math formulas, you know, like, you know, all sorts of graphs and stuff like that. I had colored it in somewhere on certain sections and he was just you know livid for like a little bit but then he eventually got over it but he constantly reminds me of like yeah someday (laughs) there's going to be crayons and a book you're gonna and and karma will come back to you i guarantee it so so every time he comes to your house do you check your entire collection afterwards when he leaves when you notice he's got like a crayon sticking out of his pocket <laughs> yeah, something like that. But then I'm prepared. I have an actual reading copy of Chronicles and Legends. Um, the um, basically the annotated copies. I've got a second one um, that's not leather bound. That's a little bit more, you know, uh, paper. And if I have someone who's younger who wants to read it, then that's their copy. That is one of my biggest regrets, not buying that leather-bound copy from when it first came out. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the leather-bound copy is, like, very, very safely wrapped deeper in the library. So that, you know, it, you know, it's all kind of, like, made up so that, you know, the really harder, rarer books are top of the shelves, further back. <laughs> so it's got to be a little bit harder for anyone to climb on a ladder to get to them. But, you know. Yeah, I, I do have uh, the Leatherbound Chronicles, and I, I also wish I had bought it when it came out instead of secondhand off a uh, later market, because it was quite a bit more expensive. Because mm. wow. when it first came out, it was, what, 75 Yeah, and Amazon had it for 45 I specifically remember, and I was like, ah, I'll pick it up sometime, and then it went out of print. So uh, it took me years before I was able to get one for a somewhat reasonable price and nowadays they're they're just ridiculous yeah i don't even bother looking for them it's kind of like the the dragonlance miniatures i would love to get those the original ones the box set but gosh i'd have to mortgage my house off (laughs) a second time i do have uh, i've got a set of the the heroes and the draconians um uh and lord salt's charge 
but they're all like they're not in like perfect they're all old uh they're opened they're painted um my friend roger painted them before he gave them to me so if you're listening roger thanks uh but i've also got the uh silver dragon of huma that is still Mm. in pieces unprimed unpainted um I haven't ever decided if I'm going to actually paint it or just leave it as is. See, I'm I'm too much of a miniature guy, so I mean, I would put them together and paint them because that's something I enjoy doing. Yeah, I I imagine I will at some point. I did buy all the plastic pieces of Dragonlance came out when they did the the blind boxes. Oh, I did. I did pick up all the K-Pox and Boz I could find during those days. Yeah, I, I do love the Civac that they put out. Yeah, Civac is awesome. Yeah, the only one they didn't come out with was the Bozak. Right. Because I've got the yeah. Arak, I've got, I've got Lord South, I've got Mina, I've got Raceland. Yep. I've yep. got the Tannis have, Wannabe. I've got the Tannis Wannabe. <laughs> I don't have a Mina, um, Mina, whatever you want to call her. Um, but I, I, the Capacs are not copper color, I'm just saying. No. <laughs> They're no. like white. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's whoever the whoever's they was to proof that one was like eh, close enough. They're like a silver dragonish, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the rate that's going right now, it's like you know, if everything Margaret and Tracy said about the in the lawsuit is true, they have a complete you know advanced reading copy of of whatever this next book on this trilogy was going to be. Like, how rare and how expensive is that going to be to collect? Like, Jesus. You're not going to Seattle this weekend, are you, and doing the old uh, Mission Impossible thing, are you? Well, no, I don't think you'd be in Seattle. I think I'd have to, you know, head over to Wisconsin or Utah and say, hey, how are you doing? Well, that'd be that, that, but you have to break into the main office to figure out where it was shipped to. <laughs> Well, I would assume that you know those two having having written it would have had some sort of copy. You know, I would I would assume all as well, but I know I don't. I mean, no no one sends me the advanced reader copy. <laughs> well, I think I'll just try to cash out Margaret ten bucks and see if she'll send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and then. And then my brain's going like, well, you know, which version of this do you want? Do you want the first Dragon of the Sea copy that they wrote? Or the ones that had, like, you know, Wizards of the Coast's, you know, opinions, comments, and stuff going back, and that they rewrote 70 pages of it? Like, <laughs> which one do you want? Do you want the one with, like, do they have ones with light item notes through it? Like, ah, oh, dude. You know, it boggles the mind what I what I'd be asking. You know, either of them. You know, what copies we'd get. Uh. Since we're in, since, since we're just going through fantasy line, just get both. <laughs> yeah, but you know, would they allow me? Like, you know, all right, well, you know, having two is too dangerous. It's like having two, you know, data type robots on you know the same starship. We we need to separate them out <laughs> because you know one disaster could ruin you know. The entire line of like, you know, those type of robots. You just, you know, we have to give this to someone else, possibly, you know, on the East Coast. So one or the other, it won't, it won't completely kill everything, you know. Oh, you keep one in the Midwest with me, one on the West Coast, and we put one in the uh, Eastern side of the Midwest with John. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, we should probably move on a little bit here to the main topic here. We've been spitballing here for quite a while, and it's been a fantastic conversation. But the main topic tonight is actually we don't get to do a lot of speculating anymore in this field because the last time we had a new book was 2010, which by my count was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Ugh, by Boopoo's count, it would be two years ago, so it depends on who you ask. Let's go with my count. It's been 10 years. <laughs> 2010 was Fate of Thabardin, the last Dragonlance novel hit the shelves. No official announcement told us that the series was ending. Just nothing was announced coming out. And we all speculated at that time that it was done then. 
Um, over the course of the next few years, uh, up until 2016, the Forgotten Realms novel slowly dwindled down to nothing. And we found out during this time period what was happening. Um, you guys familiar with with, with uh, Hasbro, I bet? Yeah. And, and Hasbro had to come up with a, a policy that all departments had to make X dollar profit. Well, the novel department, unfortunately, has never made X million dollars profit consistently year after year uh, because there's only a few offers that they had were big draws. You had Salvatore, you had Weiss and Hickman, and that's it. You've got two really good authors, and you got Ed Greenwood that would, would could do stuff, Paul Kemp, uh, Jeff Grubb, um, you got Richard Knack. You got guys both Realms and from Dragonlance that, you know, they wouldn't sell a million copies, but they'd sell several hundred thousand, which it sounds like a big number, but when you need to make X million dollar profit every year, you also have a lot of books that don't meet that quota. You have a lot of books that have short print runs, and we know about short print runs because try to get the third Dark Disciple book. You try to get that used nowadays. I haven't seen a new copy in probably eight years, and I kicked myself for not buying one the last time I saw it. Used copies like fifty to seventy-five bucks. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. Any any of the last run Dragonlance from like two thousand seven through ten, a lot of those are are very expensive. If it's a very sought after trilogy. Um, yeah. And, you know, I also have to say some of it isn't exactly fair. Like, um, I really, really like Chris Pearson's works. Every book that he's ever written has been funny. It's kind of like a little bit of a fanish insider jokes for some of the stuff that he's got, especially with um, Spirit of the Wind and Kender. Uh, but they never made a whole bunch of prints. And, you know, his Ishtar trilogy has always been hard to get because they didn't make as much. And it was so fantastic that it sold out right away. And when you come up with numbers, like how much money can be made out of it, it's not exactly fair because, you know, some of the track records didn't put out a lot of books in the first place. So You're you're exactly right. Because, I mean, Talidus and the uh, King Priest trilogy, both of them had short print runs. Exactly. <laughs> and you try to find yeah, a Talidus series awesome. book? Yeah. And, and they're good, good reads. They're, yeah, you're, you're going to pay top dollar for either either one of those series. Yeah. And and used. And I'm sitting there like looking at my book sometimes. I'm like, I've got two copies of uh, one of the books, like Blades of the Tiger or something. I'm like, I, I should just do a giveaway for it because, but then I feel bad because it's only one of the series I had doubled up on because yeah. I'm, I'm old and accidentally bought two copies at one time, but yeah, that's neither here nor now. <laughs> so in going back to this whole lawsuit, um, you know, they basically, you know, I've got to assume that, you know, when you're talking about the 15 million it's not just a book sale. Uh, this, I think, could have been the stepping stone for something much larger that would have been the 15 million mark for, like, I think the Dragonlance brand. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, no matter what Margaret and, and Tracy may make, I just can't see them making 15 million off of a trilogy. I, well, there's got to be more stuff behind it, more products to buy along with it that I think I think would have been good for Hasbro. And so going back to the uh, link you had provided, um, Chuck, there was a whole discussion of back then Hasbro having these rules about you know making $15 million. And I don't know, is that a book or per brand? That's, that, that, that's a per department. So you had to, that's profit. That's, that's not, that's after you take your expenses out. Yeah. So that's a lot of money to make once you figure out all those expenses because printing books has never been cheap. Yeah. Then you had distribution, advertising, paying these authors. Wait, they had advertising? Shoot. Well, yeah, they they put them in the back of the other books. 
Um, you know, those last two or three pages? And then, <laughs> yeah. th th uh, then they run them in Dragon Magazine, though. They, they do some ads in there. And then they would do some art copies they send out to reviewers. and Yeah. So a little bit. I would think the books are literally the advertising tool for whatever is going to happen. And we had rumors all the way from, you know, uh, the possibility a, of a Draglance movie because Margaret and Tracy went to Wizards of the Coast with, you know, actors who were interested with a script that, you know, a, as you'd see from the internet, was literally talking about Dragons of Autumn Twilight. I kind of got the idea that during this entire time in 2017, they were working on what could be you know, something big that would that would basically fill Hasbro's policy on 15 million. You know, it seems like the ducks were in place. So and, and I, to go, yeah, go ahead. As I was, was saying, and to go back a little before that, I mean, we've had these these rumors and things have been cropping up for a long time. So the first rumors that you you we talked about was back in 2012. And that's mm -hmm. back when fourth edition was still a thing. And mm -hmm. Dragonlance was supposed to come out with a new trilogy at that time. And this is urban legend. I've never, it's never been confirmed as far as I can tell. No one knows who the, who the author was they hired to write this new trilogy. It wasn't Weiss and Hickman. So I'll take this with a, a disclaimer, urban legend. Um, basically, they had hired someone back in 2012-ish um, to write this new trilogy on the original Chronicles by taking out different events, changing events, and altering events. And it could be removing characters, it could be removing uh, uh, setting uh, locations. Um, I've, I've heard this spin on it 455 times. Um, each time a story is told, I feel like uh, it gets twisted a little bit more. But I can never find the actual source of the story. In 2015, um, once again, these rumors resurfaced. Um, There's a con that Tracy answered a question at. Um, if he were to write Chronicles, uh, again, if he would write a trilogy that he would want to write, he said he'd want to rewrite Chronicles and remove a key player from Chronicles Raceland. The sp speculative reboot, but once again, never can find someone who was actually at this convention. Never can find out which convention it was. It's, it's just been a lot of like speculation of uh, internet stories. That brings us to 2017, where what Weldon touched on was the vague booking. Um, at that time, no one knew what, what Weiss and Hickman were up to, but Weiss and Hickman and uh, John, was it Joe? Was Joe Megan? Yeah, yeah, wasn't he there with them? Yes. Yeah, there's pictures. Yeah, so that's what Weldon's talking about. The movie script idea gets floated around. Um, there's a lot of speculations of uh, a Dragonlance movie coming out. Um, but we, we, we kind of know that's not because they went with the realms for the movie. I need a moment of silence as I said that. Okay, I'm over it. Nope, still angry. <laughs> okay, I'm okay now. Uh, but what we did get out in 2017 was the uh, agreement, because that's when they agreed to write these novels. And I feel like that's when we also got the t-shirt agreement. Because isn't the first set of Lord Soth shirts about from then? Yeah. I want to say it was 17 or 18 we got those shirts at Gen Con. I think it was 18... With the shirts so, that we, yeah, but the the agreement was probably made in seventeen, with Joe yeah. being there. So, those are awesome shirts, by the way. Yeah. Yes, oh, I have oh, four Dragonlance uh, Death Save shirts. I I I need to bite the bullet and buy the wrestling one. Oh, they're out of print. We have to wait till they make more. Angry again. Yeah, <laughs> angry myself. I don't have one. Oh uh, man, I I I always do this. To my, it's, it's back to the stupid leather bound book. It's like <laughs> I'll just wait a little while. They'll still be there. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So in 2020 now, we have this lawsuit that Weldon has alluded to, and we've talked about Last Mechanical, uh, and this lawsuit is about the books. Um, and it gives us some tantalizing little clues in the lawsuit about what could be possibly in these books. Now, it doesn't tell us a synopsis, doesn't tell us a plot, but we do get two key things out of here. We get two titles. And anybody who studies Dragonlance, I feel like you should understand most anytime Weiss and Hickman write a book, it's always what's the first key word there? Dragons? That's right. <laughs> of? It's all dragons of something. You've got dragons of autumn twilight, dragons of winter's night, dragons of spring dawning, which are all seasons of the year. Dragons of summer's flame, season of the year, worst book of the series. I still love you too, but I blame somebody for hurting me back in 96 yet. Okay, back back through that therapy session. Sorry. Well, then we get to Dragons of... What was it? Vanished Moon? Dragons of... A fallen Sun? Lost Star. Yep. Okay. So we got... So we are expecting these books should be called Dragons of Something. Yeah. Um, once again, the, the, the last ones came up, Dragons of Fallen Sun, Lost Star, Vanished Moon, all three related to the setting at the time. Celestial um, events, celestial bodies. Yep. And you know, we we they're all clues to what's happening in these stories. Dragons, the two titles we get out of here are Dragons of Deceit. And Dragons of Fate. And instantly, people's minds went wild. The, <laughs> first thing that, the first thing that people jumped to playing the game of what could possibly be happening in these new series is they went straight back to the internet and typed in speculation, I'm guessing. <laughs> and they found this 2015 Tracy uh, quote. And instantly, it's been speculation of this is going to be a reboot of Chronicles with Raceland missing, and we're going to start the setting over again. I'm just going to throw that one out there. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Well, this was during the time of the aftermath of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek series, right? So the whole thing in there was that there was a wormhole that Spock created, and then boom, the timeline got changed. You have new actors doing Kirk and McCoy and Spock and so forth, but everything changed, and big stuff changed, right? So Vulcan got destroyed, and to me, it's, that's like looking at the UN and seeing Great Britain got wiped out instantaneously. Like, What? So I'm assuming that was the talk during that time. Um, I'm going to say that if Raceland was wiped out for some unknown reason, everything would have changed how Dragonlance came, how, how it all you know, came together. Because you needed Raceland to kill Ariakas so that Tannis can kill him and take the crown and therefore cause you know the downfall at Noreka where everyone was hunting for the crown so that Tannis and Lorena can escape. I mean, without Raceland, all of that falls apart. So that could be like a totally alternate timeline that could have been created. Now the question is, do you like, would people like that kind of thing? Or is it a whole dumping ground of like, oh, God, we don't want to go in this direction. I love Raceland. He's so cool. How could you kill him like this? <laughs> or what happens if Raceland becomes a god and removes himself from the timeline? Mm. I mean, I, that's, that's why I'm going to start with this speculation right here. Then we'll get into our own speculation next year, but... I think this one, this one has been the most common one I've seen talked about. So, yeah, I guess what, what yeah, are your I'm thoughts, not... John? Um, I don't, I don't think that rebooting Dragonlance by taking out one of its main characters would be the way to go. Honestly, it'd be like rebooting Star Wars and saying Han Solo never was at Mos Eisley Cantina. You know, something like that. Um, 
Because why do you gotta hurt me things. like this? I, I mean, I'm just saying that's a catalyst <laughs> of of way things happen. Um, you take out one of the parts to create a drastically different story. Um, I don't know because you'd have to think of so far forward of everything that would change. You know, and it's just I don't know if that would be uh, the best way to go about it. Um, definitely not my preferred what I would like to have seen. Um, not that what I would like to see matters in this point, but um, I think a, a more because um, I, I heard also that you know they were wanting to go back to the Chronicles timeline, you know, era um, and all that, but. Dragons of Deceit is a book that exists. And it is DL9 in the first edition Dragonlance uh, Chronicles Adventures. And that is the adventure that details Silvara um, going and finding out the secret of the dragon's oath and what's happening to the dragon eggs. So maybe this series was supposed to be like a Lost Chronicles part two where they're filling in story gaps that we just got a, a you know a glimpse of a line of um that went into more detail of these stories that we that happened off screen um but we never got to see oh man i, I think i would not, prefer that better i see me i hope not because that'd be that's like watching peter jackson's the hobbit one book stretched over three movies was not was not a a, a great work. I mean, the, the story. Of... No, no, they, they could have that. They could have just been the first first book was that event. Now, you know, there's nothing else in Dragonlance called Dragons of Fate, so I don't know what story that could have been. Um, but yeah, I think Dragons of Deceit could have been obviously in in one book, um, and then two other stories from that, you know, from the Chronicles era that weren't necessarily told. Um, but I don't know what those would be, or maybe they'd be follow-up stories or stories after the war ended, um, that we never got to see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on the speculation that, you know, I, I really have this feeling that something big was going to be planned. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking when, um, Tracy was talking about doing a little bit of a reboot. Um, I honestly think of it more as what would he want to change to make this more of a movie? You know, to redo Chronicles as a full-length series of movies, like on the scale of Harry Potter, where, um, you know, we've had discussions about the animated movie. I'm sorry for bringing that up, but one of the one of the major complaints was it went way too fast. Um, you know, Chronicles is the stuff of two movies at least, um, and so I was thinking if there was going to be a reboot, rewrite, it would be like this is what the Dragonlance movie version was going to be, and it's not going to be exactly like the books. That's always, you know, a hard shift to make with Hollywood, but it would be close enough that it would still be Chronicles. It would still be the books we love, but there were certain tweaks to make it move a little bit better. And that would open the floodgates for Dragonlance movie, and there'd be tie-ins everywhere. Toys, games, uh, board games, t-shirts, everything that would probably be enough to say you are going to make a lot of money hasbro here's you know we're going to clearly you know clear the 50 million dollar mark that you've set with this whole brand reopening of dragonlance that's why i got the feeling from this this you know reboot uh discussion that was that was happening and that just to me feels like it made sense and i kind of feel that something happened where people didn't believe it could become the next huge marketable movie thing that would make millions of dollars. You know? So in speculation of the book, if this is going to be a reboot series, then awesome. It will totally revive Dragonlance. Everyone will see the tie-ins and, you know, Hasbro will be happy. We'll be happy. You know, all our toy collections will be, you know, massively bigger because 
a Dragonlance movie just creates so much more, you know, collectible swag that, you know, that would kill my collection, you know. Yeah, mine too. And and the the big thing here is why I don't think it's actually going to be a reboot of Chronicles is the fact that we do get one tantalizing clue in the lawsuit, and that's the use of love potions. Mm. Yes. And anywhere in Chronicles, you guys can think that that would fit in, even in a rebooted story. I mean, the story has a start kind of similar. I, I don't. I don't yeah. have anything. I don't. I don't know of anywhere that that would fit. So here's it's... my speculation on this. I was talking with Ed, um, you know, through Facebook and stuff. Um, this whole discussion about love potions um, is kind of like tied into problematic stuff that's in Dungeons and Dragons, like races and racial stats that people would find offensive. Um, and the only thing I can think of that has anything to do with love uh, potions has to be the Rise of Salamia trilogy, where um, you know James and Jamie Markham used it on a woman, made her fall in love with him, so that he could basically marry her and take over the nation. You know, and that has yeah. nothing to do with Margaret and Tracy, but it's there. It's a part of Dragonlance history. It's in the books. And yeah. I'm wondering whether someone would have said, well, if this is in here, it's going to be problematic. That's a risk. We're already facing a lot of crap with like the other stuff with Magic the Gathering. And, and maybe we don't want to do this. Maybe it's not kosher to do this yet. And that risk might have been enough to make people like run away from it. Yeah, and that would move us to kind of a future th thought here, because I mean that that rise of Salamnia doesn't occur until the very end of the the last timeline we had, so that mm. would mean that this would be a continuation type series if we're referencing that. But the the love potion thing was was big enough that it involved the seventy pages of rewrites. So. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of a no you know, we look at what's the average length of the novel, three hundred, three hundred and fifty pages. But like a lot of that might be I, I don't think it was like here's seventy pages of story you have to rewrite. It could have been something as simple as a name, you know, um that they didn't like. And that name appeared on sixty of these pages. So they had to rewrite quote air unquote, rewrite the pages to include a new character's name or something, you know, um, because perhaps they didn't like the way the Plains Barbarians, you know, were reflective of Native Americans and they didn't want to make them look and feel like that anymore or something like that, the, you know. The lawsuits specifically said they had to rewrite 70 pages due to, to the love potions. Uh, there was names and things like that also mentioned, but they said one, one example was 70 pages of a rewrite. Because of the use oh, of okay. love potion. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm not quite sure. Too much legal wording for me to follow very well. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, Ed was 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 gracious to uh, do 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 a lot of the research on uh, finding lawyers to break it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this leads into the next book that we have heard about from the lawsuit, which is Dragons of Fate. Um, and that has a connotation in my mind that, you know, with fate, you have time, you know, and fate's supposed to be a certain course through time that you're going to have, like a destiny. So there's a part of me that wonders if fate is the part of the trilogy that talks about potential time travel, potential rewriting of a lot of things in Dragonlance history that we know will happen. You know, maybe that might be a part of the issue because they already finished book one, you know, Dragons of Deceit, and they're heading into book two, Dragons of Fate, and maybe they included James Markham in their discussion because that's something that would be happening in the future, that it will change, you know, according to the books. Maybe that one name could have, you know, been in 70 pages that need to be completely written out because of this problematic character, you know? 
that you very and, much could. I'm gonna say you yeah. very much that could be could be right. Uh, the only thing with time traveling currently in the current timeline where we ended is you can only go back until where chaos dies or chaos is captured again, because you can no longer time travel past that point. Oh, really? Because yeah. Cass tries to do it. He can only go back to the, the spot where they, they get the blood the blood of chaos. Yeah, I'll say that sounds familiar now that Ooh. I think about it. Yeah, that was that was in War of Souls. But remember, uh, Raceland and Tasselhoff together went further back in time. They encountered Huma. Yes, and they did the later whole on. Of Raceland traveling back and forth in time, you know, bouncing with Tass dragging along with him, and supposedly that helped bring the gods back into you know Kryn after it was lost. So, right. you know, we could be having a tie-in like that. I mean, Tracy had um, a, a series where he invited you know fans and and other authors to write called um, Tracy, Tracy Hickman Presents. And that all yeah. had to do with, you know, a time traveler. I mean, you know, in our, in our D&D game with uh, Edward, he's using that in some way in our, in our adventure where he has met a traveler, a journeyman, who has been going through time. And it's quite possible he may be realigning those series of books with this Dragons of Fate book about how time has changed. And that may completely tie in with what we're talking about, Raceland going missing. You know, what if something involved in all that got Raceland, you know, sent in a different time era and that set off a whole new branch of time travel that opens up more adventures for us as, as you know, Dragonlance players and, and novel writers and, and wanting to read the novels, wanting to read and play more Dragonlance. Maybe that's an opening because one of the, one of the things that Wizards of the Coast has said, and we've got you know, a, a written proof, is that um, you know, the main guy uh, at Wizards of the Coast was always saying that the only story worth telling is Chronicles. You know, and I would, you know, disagree with him, you know, you know, yell at him verbally if I ever met him in person by saying, how dare you say that? You know, Margaret Weiss Productions had a huge amount of stuff after that. And you just let the license lapse so she couldn't write anymore. You know, but that could be a part of this discussion that, you know, Tracy and Margaret were trying to write something. You know, their gift to fans, as they say in the lawsuit was what they were trying to do and maybe it was revitalizing more stories that we could participate in you know? yeah yeah uh, one uh, thing that... you gotta you gotta think of though um like we talked about all their other dragons of uh series their books had the the titles had a clue or it had something to do with what was going on in the story so what could deceit and fate, like, what would that have to do with the story? Deceit is to trick somebody, to fool somebody. So what could, you know, removing Raceland from the timeline um, and doing Chronicles again, what would that have to do with deceit? Unless it was like he was hidden by the gods or some such um, to change history or something. But then that opens up a whole new can of worms of, uh, of changing the time um in such a way that you know you're not supposed to obviously so what what are the titles the words fate and deceit uh how do you think that really affects anything i mean i mean deceit once again if you go with the the the, the definition is you know to trick somebody to to trap them uh to lie to them um and with Dragonlance, if that's your opening book, um, there's some great lie then that we we've been believing and throughout this entire thirty years of history. And Dragon's Deceit will hopefully shed light on what the lie is. Yeah, and it must be a massive plot lie. Right, right. It has to be huge, you know. And, and usually in these trilogies, like 
the the later trilogies at least like there's a big reveal at the end of book two you know so that's something that they had already planned and probably have written in some form as well where where i see dragons of fate means it was meant to happen i mean fate is is, is what a lot of folks believe in when when it comes to you know things happening it's it was fate it was fate we met it was fate this happened um and i could see dragons of fate being the events are still unraveling the way they always have been even though we've been living this great lie whatever change they made to try to correct the lie or or try to unravel the lie dragons of fate i i see that being just a things are still going badly because whatever's happening is still still going because book two is never a happy ending book. Right. Or it's I have the yet reveal to... that Takesis is the one god, you know, um, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, you know, the High Claris Tower battle. I right. didn't even spoil it this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think the biggest clue happens to be that Dragons of Deceit story. Um, just because it is the name of that module where where Silvara and Giltinus go into sanction and they discover how draconians are made and stuff like that, um, I honestly need to re- read some of the stuff like um, Dragons of um, a High Lord Skies. But they said that someone helped them, and that was a secret. And um, you know, Silvara and Giltinus couldn't reveal who that person was. But it was very, very important. People have been saying maybe it was Kidiara, you know, all that stuff. Um, I somehow feel that Dragons of Deceit might have been the story that Margaret wanted, Margaret and Tracy might have wanted just to air out, like the very, very last hidden, unspoken thread of the Chronicle series was Silvara and Gilfanas. Maybe that is where they discover the deceit that is occurring and maybe the next book is you know literally here's fate make you go down this this bad path that you can't or maybe a good path you know but i would imagine yeah just like just like what we talked about i i feel dragons of fate should be a bad book just because Margaret Weiss has said that one of her favorite um, movies was Empire Strikes Back because it was so dark. And at the, at the end, it left so many questions open that, you know, that was her, that was her inspiration for books in the, se- in the second act because they were so, you know, crushing that you just have to get the third book to find out what happened. Um, I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that Dragons of Fate is along that same line, but the question is, what could it be? I mean, right. Is, I, I think it would be interesting if perhaps you know they they came up with or even used a an existing alternate timeline, and that that is the great deceit that the past was a lie based off of you know one of these future possible timelines. Maybe everything that happened, the War of the Lance. Maybe everything that happened after the cataclysm, everything after that was a lie. Um, and that's what this book would be. And then fate would be, you know, the heroes, um, whatever heroes the story was using, um, you know, there, it is their fate to, you know, bring these events to light um, and maybe coincide with events that weren't supposed to happen based off of the great deceit, you know, uh, something like that. And we've talked about rebooting. We've talked about different stories we hadn't heard. Uh, you brought up the Gathanas and Silvara story. Um, but is there anything else we can glean out of these titles? Um, you know, we talked a little bit briefly about the titles before, but is there anything else we could we could possibly associate these titles with? So one thought I had um, as I was just kind of looking through some some Dragonlance stuff was. Every god has a portfolio, um, some sort of domain that they're over. What if these the, the these titles are in relation to 
a specific god. Um, we've got the god of deceit, which would be Hidical. Uh, you've got the god of fate, which would be perhaps Zivlin, which would account for an evil and a neutral god. So perhaps the uh, um, the third book would be, you know, Dragons of Hope or something like that. It would be after one of the good god portfolios or domains, um, perhaps, you know, like Mishikal, um or something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you think about it, oh, the last part of the series here, like Amber and Ashes, the, the Dark Disciple trilogy, it was all about the gods and their, their plays to, to reestablish the, the Pathion, um, the pecking order. So what, what, was, what, what potentially could it be like a, a mina? Um, perhaps. What was, what was she supposed to be the god of? Tears, the goddess of tears. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that that that's an interesting one. Um, because she can swing, you know, to the to the good or the evil. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is uh, maybe this is another s- story about her and her relationship with these different gods. Now that she's a god, I mean, but, very. Well- very well could be. I mean, the title could be what? Dragons of Crying? <laughs> bum, bum, ching. Very well, possibly. Or just simply um, the, dra- dragons, the Dragons of Tears? Yeah, Dragons of Tears. Um, it could be. Um, I don't know. That, that was just something that had popped in my head that... Uh, you know, some of these later stories are exploring more of, you know, stories with the gods involved. You've got the Elven Exiles, you've got the Minotaur Wars, um, and obviously the Dark Disciple trilogy that all kind of, you know, favor gods that weren't really uh, talked about much before because it was always Paladine, Tachesis, and a mention here and there of Gillian and sometimes the moon gods. So maybe this and, is another trilogy to kind of get uh, get word and, and stories out about these other gods that aren't talked about as much. Yeah, because you don't really hear much about them. I mean, Reorks is the only other one that, that's touched on because of the dwarves, but like right. even the, the elves, I mean, they're all paladin. Right. Yeah. Where you, yeah. You, you would think they'd be more, you know, chisel of... Yeah, or Branchala, you know? Yes. They're all about music and, and love and, and happiness and art, and that's what uh, Branchala's um, domains would be, you know? So maybe, you know, dragons of music, dragons of love. It's the hippie dragons. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, we'll get Elmore to, to do some art with some... You know, we we had a uh, and dragons of the High Lord Skies. We had you know the ski or sky whatever had a a, a beard. So I, dragons of the of the hippie love might be you know they've all got long hair coming out somewhere. Maybe they introduce a new character of Jerry. <laughs> yes, for, for 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 those Deadhead fans, I mean. For, for for those of you who don't know who Jerry is, uh, just, just Google Jerry Garcia. That would help you out. Right. And then go grab a, a tub of Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia, and you'll thank me later. Uh, ben and Jerry's. Now that's a delicious treat right there. It is. It's been, it's been far too long since I've had any. <laughs> but... The going the route of the new gods could be very intriguing because you could really establish a, a new crin with that. And do you think though, possibly they might touch Talidus with this then? Why not? There's obviously um canon books out there now, um, with the Pearson trilogy. You could go um you can go to Talados easily. Um you know, the, the whole precept of that trilogy was 
it was the dreams or visions of a red robe wizard of sorcery. Um, so the wizards obviously know about it. So, and they're the ones that are most capable of traveling there with with their magic. Um, I think that'd be very interesting to see another story uh, set on Talados that could be maybe a mixture of Ancelon and Talados, um, you know, forces meeting for the first time in a, a grander scale. Obviously, we have the Knights of Narak that crashed there um, or ended up there forming the city of New Jalik. Um, we've got some elves from Ancelon that went there um, and formed the, the nation of elves over there. I don't remember what they're called, but I think some cross-pollination between Talados and Ancelon would be awesome, personally. Yeah. Well, you've already got the Minotaurs that came over. Yeah. The Imperial League, that's, that's who they are, is the Minotaurs who fled fled over there. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I, a, that's I would, a really good idea, actually. I like that. I, say, I, I would welcome that just to combine the two continents together a little bit more. Because one of the biggest criticisms of Ancelin is it's too small. Right. But then, but then again, Europe has seemed to, uh, back in the you know Middle Ages, Dark Ages, uh, seemed to have lots of going on in that small area. So <laughs> I, I don't think size really matters in in terms of uh, when you have conflict. Size doesn't matter. It's how you fly your dragon. That's true. <laughs> Any so any other ideas we might come up with here that could be in this new series? Um, nothing that, that came to my mind. Uh, that that was my um my only flash of inspiration was uh, was you know perhaps some something with the gods, but like I said, I also like the idea of uh, of a Teladas story as well no i i I think your god's one though i think that's probably the most uh i i you know when you mentioned that it was like wow yeah that's kind of right in our face because the last few series we've had you know the war of souls all of them referenced Mm -hmm. so and then dark disciple you know they were main characters in the stories you had uh, Kamosh, you had Zabon, you had Majir, all taking very active roles in those stories. Yes, and they're and they're very angry people too. So, <laughs> right, because <laughs> yeah, because we get our first actual monks in Dragon. I mean, that's that's the other thing that always bothers me is the fact that people are always like, "Well, Dragonlance is so terrible because you don't have monks, you don't have bards." Who says there's not monks and bards there? Just just because someone back in three and a half wrote it in a source book doesn't doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, I mean ever since the first edition, Dragon Ice Adventures, Majir has been the god of, of monks, you know, the the god of contemplation, the god of thought. So why wouldn't there be monks before the edition? And yeah, as you said, Bracala, you know, god of music. Why would there not be musical bards? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's references to in the first uh, Elven uh, trilogy of uh, of bards. Well, you've got the the famous um, bard Quivalen Soth is always yes. been part of Dragonlance. Always. Just because. Just because they weren't in the one E or the three and a half material or the two E material doesn't mean they didn't exist. They just weren't included. Right. So, for 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 the readers uh, following along at home, I just pulled out my first edition Dragonlance Adventures book. If you're on page forty three, where it talks about the gods of good, Majir, right smack in the middle of the page, the first sentence is Majir is the favored god of monks. So. Meh. Favorite god of monks. There it is, right there. He is the god of monks. Um, 
and yeah. Bran- Brangella, his uh, his avatar is a fighter bard. So, you know, there's obviously some precedent to say that these classes were available in all editions in all eras. Yeah, just because once again, some someone made made that decision not to include them in the three and a half books doesn't mean that they're they're not still around. I mean, in, in all intents and purposes, the the Salamnic Knights never had the hierarchy that everybody thinks they had. You know, they think you started the Knight of Crown to go to the Knight of the Sword and Knight of the Rose. Well, that only existed in the one E type stuff because they had to. Um, have some precursor to make it prestige, a prestigious class. Mm-hmm. And the game books are the novels. You never see someone staring at the crown knight and be like, ooh, someday I'll be a sword knight. Right. <laughs> In fact, it's it's one of the reasons why Sturm gets gets this sort of dishonored, you know, because he wants to be a knight of the rose, but their crown guard blocks him. Um, and forces him to be, uh, but Gunther comes back and, and is able to throw him a knight of the crown, which is the lowliest uh, ranking of the knights, mm-hmm. because knights of the rose are all your landowning knights. Those that's your prestigious class, and and Brightblade is that you know Stern Brightblade's got the got the qualifications to be in the knight of the rose, um, but unfortunately he's blocked. And when you go to High Claris Tower, if it was this actual hierarchy of knights of the rose in charge. All of Sturm's men should have followed Crown Guard out to the battle. None right. of them should have stayed behind because Sturm was mutiny. That would be considered being a mutiny. Treason. Yeah. Yeah. If they're uh, so for following orders, um, then yeah, they, they would be considered treasonous. Um, you know, by all those that were, they, that wanted to view it that way. Obviously, they certainly had a lot of enemies and people that didn't like him. So anybody could have thrown that up, and and you know, had there been any survivors? Yes, survivors yeah. that mattered. <laughs> that 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 that's true. But all right, we're getting off the rails here. Um, so anything else before we sign off? Um, I, I cer- certainly don't see how talking about Stormbright Blade and Dragons of Autumn Twilight is anything off the rails of <laughs> the, the new gods uh, or the new books um, titles. I, I think they fit nicely together. But no, no, I, that that's about all I had. Um, super, I'm, 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 I'm very, like I said before, I'm, I'm optimistic that we will see these. Hopefully, in some form, um, I'd rather it be the authors on good terms and not forced. And I'd rather see Wizards of the Coast on good terms and not being forced to publish these books. Because I think if they have it that way, they're just going to make it such a miserable experience for Margaret and Tracy. If if they're being forced to allow them to publish these, then they're just going to. Look for anything, I think, um, to hinder the process. Um, I don't know. I just wish everybody would get along. And, uh, you know, we, we had this sort of thing happen right before Hourglass Mage came out. They were told that all of a sudden they weren't publishing that book, although they had the first two released. And they had to go, you know, whatever they did behind the scenes to get that third book released. Uh, but I remember for a while, that Margaret and Tracy were doubtful that it was going to be published. Um, but, you know, they came to terms and the book got published. So hopefully the same thing will happen. Uh, they'll get over, get past whatever the issues are, um, get this lawsuit done and out of the way, and we can get these books. Yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic that we'll get these books down the road. Um, I know a lot of folks are very pessimistic. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there that um, I don't know if they're celebrating this a little too much. Um, it's not really. I mean, if you if you lose any brand in the D and D world, it actually hurts the whole D and D world. I mean, if Forgotten Realms would be canned, 
That would hurt us if Ravenloft didn't have its book come out. That that hurts us. Dragonlance not being a part of fifth edition is 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 once again it hurts the brand overall. So um, I, I'm with you. I hope I hope we get a resolve here very quickly. Uh, get these books out because I'm I'm anxious. I'd love to read them. Um, and I'm I'm excited for a book to come out for the first time in, in quite some time. Um, there's I'm not really into any series right now, which it's kind of a shame. I'm rereading a lot of old books. Yeah, I'm actually rereading Chronicles right now. I'm I'm, I'm I just got past the part of uh, Sturm's Trial. <laughs> oh, very fitting in this discussion. Right, and I knew it would wind up there somehow. Yes, of course. Excellent research. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, on behalf of all of us here at the Dragonlance Canticle, uh, it's been a pleasure being your host tonight, and we will be signing off here. So um, thank you again for listening, and if you want to show your support for Margaret and Tracy, uh, we use the hashtag FreeDragonlance. I'm not that cool, but I haven't been, been able to use it a couple times, so... Thank you, and have a great night. And also, you know, purchase their other works. If, if you don't have something, you know, show support by buying a copy of a book you don't have. I just bought um, Dragons of Autumn Twilight on Audible. I just got Dragons of a Fallen Sun on Audible. I already own both in hardcover and softcover in various editions. But there's always ways to show support. So um, do what you can. I know during the pandemic that might not be um feasible for everybody but you know if you can show your support um show them your love because we all love them uh this is john have a good night and just to piggyback one more thing if you buy them from margaret herself she'll autograph them it's a it's a delightful surprise and you get a postcard true that except note she will not sign your audiobook you know not a chance well thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you later good night